Yeah, yeah, what's going on? What's going on? It's your boy, the Prince of All Saiyans, once again. Welcome back. Men's Structure Mondays are in effect for this year, and we have the first episode of the year. Now, full disclaimer, this was an early episode. We didn't really get a, uh, a hold on balancing guests and uh, kind of streamlining conversations with others. So when you hear this sound effect, it's because the conversation went in another direction, and instead of trying to edit around it, I just want to be honest. Also, we're going to talk about different types of media, so that sound effect kind of goes in conjunction with what we're talking about. Also, we switch platforms to record at the end of the episode, so Bashir and I will sound a little different because of the headphones we have on, right? But everything's going to be uh, audible and clear, and the conversation is great, so just bear with it and enjoy. On this episode of Menstruction. I was definitely the menace. I was definitely the definitely. menace. I was Bishop. I was really? definitely Bishop. Hey. Yeah, out of everybody, in the, I'm the Bishop. I'm Bishop. Hey, with a smile like that, I can tell. Yeah, man, that's persuasive. That's persuasive. Look, he, he, came on a, he came on a podcast with some cut-off sleeves on his shirt. You know he don't care about you or himself. <laughs> It was a brick by brick and a stone by stone. Rome wasn't built in a day. It wasn't done alone. See, the spirit is the merit and the mind is the home. It takes a whole village to get a child out this home. Yes. To be a great man without good instructions. A surefire way to lead a life of destruction. Let's be honest. Sit down and tune in. Put an hour of your life into some instruction. Yeah, hey, greetings and salutations, my beautiful souls and spirits. You already know who it is, your friendly neighborhood Aquaman, visited by not only our amazing hosts today, but also some wonderful guests, right? Right? Amazing guests that we will be introducing shortly. You are listening to Menstruction, the place where we provide you the beneficial bricks to fortify the structure that is you, Incorporated. My name is Monster Aziz, and I'm here with my co host. The soul brother, the king of the Rocky Mountains, the one that has so many friends, you kind of realize how he got that many friends. <laughs> friends. Uh, my co-host and my brother, Waladi Ali, in the building, man. Waladi Ali. Right, my Ali. brother. My brother, man. Hey, and I extend the exact same formalities to you, man. You know what I mean? The king, or shall I say, the <clears throat> emperor of the East Coast. Coming to you live, Mr. Monster Disease, man. Welcome, my brother. <laughs> <laughs> appreciate it, appreciate it, appreciate it. Today, we got very special guests. I know these people for a very long time. We've been through a lot of nonsense, a lot of crazy tales. My brothers, Bashir Nadir, Shakir, give a round of applause for these brothers. They represent the day, took time out of their very, very hectic schedule to come through. Appreciate y'all, man. Um, today, we're going to talk about uh, brotherhood again some more, but this time in the framework of media, uh, TV and movies in that respect, and uh, we have literal brothers here, so we're going to really dive in and really make things pop. So, Bashir and Adir, before we get started, just introduce y'all selves to the listeners and give us a sense of what you're about. Bashir, you can go first. 
All right, my name is Bashir. Um, basically, known Monta since Sandbox, since the mud. Like, as long as I like my first memories, there was something attributed to Monta, basically. You know, just grew up, you know what I'm saying? Like I said, I grew up with a brother, but I grew up with other, like, brothers, too. So we finna get into all that, you know what I'm saying, today. And then I met Walati through Monta. Um, went down to Atlanta, visited Monta. Monta's like, I want to put you in contact with one of my boys, Solid. Chopped it up with Walati, you know what I'm saying? And it's been, it's been high power, higher power, you know what I'm saying? We've been cooling, everybody's been doing their thing. We was able to all stay in touch, you know what I'm saying? And we are here today, basically. So, I mean... You know, there's nothing too interesting about me, like, as an individual, but I got some cool friends, and they, you know what I'm saying, they be doing their thing, and they let me onto their podcast, so that's what's up. Yo, and my name's Nadir, saying like Bashir said, known Mansa before he was Mansa, you know, and he knew us before we were Nadir and Bashir, you know, and at Mansa's graduation, that's where I met Wiladi, nice to see you again, and I guess, like, to reiterate, you know, Mansa, he's really helped me out in my life. You know, I see him as like a kind of like a lighthouse sometimes, especially on the religious end, kind of helps me out, shows me like where to go, where I should be going in life. So I got to give it up to him. You know, he's been definitely a cornerstone in my life. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate that. Appreciate that, man. So on the last episode of Menstruction, we discussed the meaning of brotherhood according to the dictionary. Then Wiladi and I kind of talked about what it means to us. And then we talked about the implication of those definitions and what they mean and kind of delved into what brotherhood was. And we talked about brotherhood is not peer pressure. It's not making someone else commit a criminal act. It's not uh, abusing one another. It's it's really just not those things you see common, especially on college campuses, unfortunately. And we chose a definition from Merriam-Webster about what a brother was. And we chose one related to another by common ties or interests. And so we basically just attached that to the different examples and the different situations and kind of figured out how that kind of pulls to be true and, and shows to be a, shows the effect of that definition. So let's start with Bashir, uh, the middle child, right, between a younger sister, Jenna, and older brother, Nadir. Tell us what being a brother means to you and how you would define brotherhood based on your life experience. All right, so I'll go about explaining this two different ways. I'll explain it as in, like, what my parents instilled to me as, like, what they expect me, my obligations as a brother is to my in regards to my siblings. Now I'll explain it to, like, how I, I kind of, like, I would say describe what being a brother means. So, like, growing up, like, there's, like, it didn't matter, like, what incidents, like, I'm supposed to be, like, a pillar, essentially, something my siblings can rely on. It doesn't matter what it is or what they done in relation to me is just about like reliance, like just that backbone or like knowing that they're going to give my support no matter what. And that's the one thing that they tried to instill in us is like, it doesn't matter what they're doing, where they're at as a, as a sibling, especially as like a brother. When I have a younger sister and an older brother, I'm supposed to be just something like, like the foundation, essentially something they can fall back on, something they can ask me for whatever I'm going to come through and I'm going to deliver essentially. And I think that is true. And then in, in terms of, like, my experience, I would say that brotherhood is, like, something a little more than just foundation because you can get that essentially through just, like, a role model, essentially, in the community or something like that. I think, like, uh, brotherhood is a little more, like, nuanced than that. Like, 
brotherhood is not only like um being like able to rely on your brother but also like i guess being able to be in a position to where you can you don't have to i guess like sugarcoat what you're trying to say or exactly what you're trying to do like if your brother is messing up and y'all have a brother it's like your obligation to not like just fall back and be that foundation that they can fall on but like you're supposed to take initiative and let them know when they messing up or or to kind of just uh, be proactive, essentially, if you see him heading down a certain path. And, like, that's what I think, that's how I would define brotherhood now. It's, like, someone that I can trust to, like, get on me if I'm actually messing up or, like, to point out when I'm doing something wrong or, like, help me improve as a person because that's the most important thing. Like, that's the only thing that every human can relate to is just improvement. It don't matter what it is as a person, in career, whatever. We all just trying to improve. And I think like a true brother or a true like a true brother is a is something where you can get on the person and then still get over it. like you know what I'm saying they'll, they'll get on you and then y'all go back to being cool immediately and Monza probably can attest to that because you see how me and that dear like we might argue over like something little meaningless or whatever but we'll still be cool and there's like multiple reasons why that is but it just comes to having like a good foundation and like our parents like telling us like you know what I'm saying? Your brother is like supposed to be one of the strongest uh, things in your life, influence-wise. So, yeah, I would say that's what uh, what brotherhood means to me. Man, uh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Nah, because I, I need a second to breathe. I think we need to go a second to breathe. Because that was heavy, man. And what I enjoy so much about your definition, you know, thank you for sharing, is a lot of it is what we said last week. You know what I mean? On the point of accountability you know saying yeah you're not gonna sit and watch your brother mess up you know because if that happens then that's not your brother and you especially are not that man's brother right like if i see monster over here doing some some unmonster like you know what i'm saying like i don't know hollering at a shorty saying hey yo what up you know i'm like okay that's kind of you know it's kind of quirky that's not really what i see monster you know if, if i see him slap somebody's rear end i'm like okay well hold on a second <laughs> you know, I'm gonna question it, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna either do that right there, and then be like, "Hey, monster, hey, buddy, I'm concerned for you." You know, what I mean, you can't be doing that, monster. Come on, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because that's a brotherly thing, right? Because I'm looking after him, like I would want him to look after me. And there's no beef after that. You know, we're cool because that's what brothers are supposed to do. So, I mean, I just wanted to highlight that point. That's that's beautiful for sure. Thank you for sharing, my brother. Yeah, you're welcome. I, I guess that. I'm concerned for me too. That's my career. <laughs> I ain't got no career. <laughs> concerned for me too. What kind of movies I'm making. <laughs> Put your hands on everybody, man. What? Yo. Get out of here. <laughs> uh, but yeah, to a lot of these points, yeah, but sure. That was a great definition. And you gave up good points. And then, again, to point out what you didn't say, brotherhood is not peer pressure, but isn't a. A cycle of violence is not a gang. It's a it's a respectable accountability, and a lot of people they fear rejection, especially when they're in groups and they don't want to call people out, especially whoever they deem the leader. Uh, and it takes a real brother to call somebody out when they mess up. We we've been through a lot of times where all of us have done done real bad things and we had to talk about it. But as real brothers, you know, brothers shouldn't be afraid to talk to one another. So I do think that's a great point. Um, so now, dear, just do the same thing, right? Get the oldest. So you kind of got a different perspective, but just walk us through uh, what a, being a brother means to you and uh, how you would define brotherhood based on your life experience as well. 
Yeah, well, but she did a good thing kind of distinguishing actually being somebody's brother and then being brothers to people who aren't tied to you by blood. So me being like the oldest brother, the first thing, and I'd say the foundation of being an older brother is pretty much plain and simple. You have to be the one to sacrifice before everyone else, just like how you sat, your parents sacrifice for you as the oldest brother. You're the next one up when they're not around to be the one to sacrifice. So I know there's been plenty of times where I haven't been the best at it, but I know that in my mind, that's what I need to strive towards. Like whether it's money, food, things, even my life, I know that I have to be the first one to go down first before all the other siblings. You know, some people might be like, whoa, to go down first, like, yeah, nah, especially as the oldest, you should be the one to to be able to sacrifice your life, your your time, your resources before they do to you, you know. And they and your younger siblings should if anything motivate you to give more to help to see them succeed. And and then I guess outside of the fit that I understood at like a very young age already, you know. But then outside of that, I went even like took another step lower than brother as in friend. Like, especially in college, I was thinking, like, for years, like, what is an actual friend? Because, you know, there's been plenty of instances you go into class, get to know somebody really well, you know, go to their place, chill, relax, get to know them. And then the next semester, you may never see them again or, like, may never contact them. Or you you talk to the person, but it feels different if you feel kind of distanced. So I, so I realized in college that a lot of the people that I considered friends or acquaintances like I just know you really well and there's nothing wrong with being somebody's acquaintance being known well and I realized that I may have thought of as being somebody else's friend but they only saw me as somebody that they knew well and I'm cool with that you know and then friend I was like okay that's somebody who I actually kind of trust but actually like I'm with that want to see where their life is going to go and I would like them to see you where like I want them to see where my life is gonna go. Like I wanna continue to check up on them. Like I have some type of well being. But brother, that's like a whole nother level. It's kinda like I don't know, it feels like some type of a force, like something that's like it like I don't know, it's like something like metaphysical. Something beyond just like having knowing you say through class or through say an event. It's like more like I growing up with you through multiple events. Like I've seen you transform to the person that I know, like from a younger age, like, like it's like you are that person's brother, but just not by blood. It's something deeper than that. And I still haven't fully understood it, but I just know something deeper. It's like something that like you have to fully acknowledge that these people are your brothers, whether you even like it or not. These, like these people are your brothers. Like you can't just walk away from them and they can't just walk away from you. You always tied together, you know? Mm. Mm. I'm still trying to figure it out, though. <laughs> brother, it seems like you got a fire handle on that, man. You said a force. You said brotherhood is a force, man. Okay, but Mons, I know you felt that, man. What's up? Nah, nah, nah. I do speaking facts, and I and I. And we were talking about titles the other the other episode as well. So that's a great point. Um, not even in relationships, you know, romantically, people are quick somewhat desperate at times to give titles and to look for bonds where there really aren't any. Uh, we've seen that plenty of times. Um, people looking to gain something, people desperate because they don't know what being lonely is. Um, and it's it's also unfortunate sometimes people have the privilege of being around people so much that they have to kind of question who's really their friend. 
uh, mm. and who's just trying to be next to them for a certain kind of thing. So I do feel you on that. It's I had to realize there was a lot of acquaintances in my life, and um, I was telling Bashir this, and I think I told Walati, but I realized, like, you know, I'm at a point, you know, it's the Spider-Man theory. He had all those three movies to get to where Spider-Man actually is, which is in that, that trash apartment with a homemade suit, but he's doing what he loved, which is saving the city. And so I'm at that point now, right? I got a new villain in unemployment, right? I'm looking for my Gwen Stacy, right? But I'm doing what I love, which is worshiping a lot and writing, you know? So that's what I'm doing right now. And a lot of people are scared to kind of reset and to sacrifice everybody to not remember them and to start mm-hmm. over, to make new friends. But, um, yeah, everybody in my circle has tenure right now. There's only one person that I just met. Everybody has tenure, and that's fine. I'm good with that. You know, the small circle is about quality, not quantity, and a lot of people want 50 friends, but we only got two. Uh, and it's like, man, I got I got all my brothers here. Like, really, though? <laughs> Are they all your brothers, right? What's going to happen when the cops, they're going to run? They're going to run together? They're going to dip on you, right? On. But, yeah, but Nadir, Nadir made good points. <laughs> Yeah, no, both of your brothers made extra, extraordinary points, you know what I mean, of things that we already talked about and the things we're going to be talking about today. Um, I mean, but real quick, too, you know, um, I mean, Monsa, with your experience with brotherhood, because you had mentioned, you know, the people in your circle having tenure, you know, um, I mean, give us a little more information about that. Like, you know, maybe roles that you play or roles that you expect from a brother. Like, what does that look like? Brotherhood is 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 understanding that everything isn't personal. <laughs> Um, and there's some people I had to let go that kind of gave energy or they're quick to anger and they were kind of like quick to stop being personal, personal. Like I wouldn't be a lot of these manager, but when I asked him, he was like, all right, let me take my time and think about it. Now that I, you know, I burned his car. I said, yo man, forget it. You my brother. I, you the idolist. You let me be your manager right now. Yeah. Like, it's dumb. What are you talking about? It's my means. I get it. Like somebody trying to be my agent. Who are you? Get out of here. So, uh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I, whenever he's ready, I'm gonna, I want to be his manager. But it's really about understanding that like, business ain't personal, man. Like, um, if Bashir asked me to go with him on a, on some sock company, I'm like, I don't really know nothing about no socks. But I'll bang with you. I'll buy a pair. But I don't want to. I don't want to be a part of a sock company. All right, but she be like, okay, like, whatever. Like, it's fine. Like, I get it. You're not a sock guy. Like, <laughs> okay, move on. Like. You know what I'm saying? Like, I dare say some stuff where I'm like, uh, but I love him. You know, it's just from time to time he says some wild things. That's it. I'm like, what are you talking about? Yeah, bro, they actually used this sale in the movie. That sale was wrong. I'm like, I don't know what he's talking about, bro. But okay. Like, all right. He'll show me the facts. He'll show me a book. I'm like, all right, yo. Like, at least you got facts. At least you're not just spinning out the corner with a robe on. Talking about yeah. the devil. You know what I'm saying? Like, at least you got facts. <laughs> See, but you know you do that too. I mean, can, am I close enough to the camera? You do. Oh. You be doing that. You what are we doing? doing what? You be doing that too. What? What are we doing? Did you know that in the uh, 1930 rendition of The Wizard of Oz, Dorothy's shoe was actually. That's fair. All right. All right. All right. Well, I love y'all, though. That's why we love each other, man. No. <laughs> because we know each other so well. You could, Dude, man. I'm, 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 between between us, man. I mean, between everybody listening, bro. I didn't tell Monster about like ten wifeys. 
I just told him I'm gonna marry somebody several times. Okay. Un-Islamic, un-Islamic law, not having several wives at the same time, not several wives at different time periods, one for each year. Last time. Man, he laughed because he knows it's true. <laughs> Man. Like, huh? Hmm. All right. Okay, well, then what, what should I do with this information? <laughs> you know what I mean? How's this going to help me be a better person? <laughs> 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 okay, I should be sharing my screen right now. Y'all should see the YouTube. Yeah. See yeah, the YouTube, yeah. Okay, perfect, perfect. I haven't played it just yet. But I'll give y'all a quick synopsis about that since we already know what it is. But, you know, Like Mike is a story about trying to be like Mike. We follow young Calvin the orphan who finds a pair of Mike <laughs> shoes that are magical. Yada, yada. He ends up being on this team. I forgot what team it was. Um, the Magic Knicks, we'll call it. <laughs> and so <laughs> we got uh, Morris Chestnut's character in it. And he's like, yo, I don't know this cat, man. Why they got a little eight-year-old playing with us? This is BS. So they driving right now, vibing. Um, he doesn't like him. Calvin's trying to get him to like him. And then some DMX comes on, right? So this is a uh, big brother moment that I had noticed. I mean, y'all tell me what y'all seen from that short clip. Like, what did y'all feel from that? I guess just brotherhood, just, I guess, trying to, I guess, relieve stress, definitely. Because like you said, the scenario, some members of the team or he was in a predicament of he was trying to, I guess, earn his right to be respected by the other men. And this guy is taking the older brother kind of route, just being like, hey, man, just relax. You know, just for a night, you could just be yourself for a bit. I like that. Yeah, 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 Bashir. Yeah, I would just say um, I saw, like, I guess the seeds of brotherhood, like the potential of uh, brotherhood, like, becoming a thing. Because, I mean, like, at the end of the day, like, once the song cuts off, like, do they go back to being normal, you know? But, I mean, I think that if they, like, actually, like, you know what I'm saying, felt like they bonded over the brotherhood, then, you know, then maybe maybe those were the seeds being planted right there. For sure. Yes, sir. Yes, yes, sir. Exactly. Exactly what that is, man. You know, um, just that energy of, you know, we can kick it right now. You know, we can get into the serious talks later, but, you know, that big brother time. Of, Let me spend time with you. Let me kick it. Even though they're not related, it's like we talked about before, we ain't got to be related to have a brotherhood. So, I mean, that's exactly what I felt from that clip. Uh, <laughs> Monza, how's that? How did that make you feel, man? 
Um, I forgot about this movie for real, but uh, music is definitely something that uh, people bond over. It's definitely something that bond over people. Like, but you're not there or not, we got like kind of different tastes, but there are songs that we all kind of bump to. Unless we were coming up like with the Muslim covers of the songs and we used to all jump around and Farid Al Hadi and the Dean Squad and all that, we kind of bond over like the coordinates of those stuff. So definitely music is a, is a bonding agent, especially um, in the black community for sure. Um, so no, nah, it was uh, it was cool. I, I think it was a good juxtaposition to the, um, the violence we saw. So there was some diversification but as we see in men's society, it kind of took a minute because that was like what 01 or 02. And a lot of these urban or quote unquote hood movies are coming out in the 90s. So it's kind of a succession of this certain depiction of brotherhood and masculinity. Um, there are some kind of outliers, obviously. And like next episode, we're going to dive into Boys in the Hood in its entirety and in the varying degrees of brotherhood and masculinity. Um, but yeah, no, nah, it was it was a nice kind of wholesome kind of clip. Uh, and it kind of speaks to the larger implications of how music kind of got black people through tough times with the blues and all that. Um, so you can kind of dissect that as much as you want. It's a kid's movie, but looking at it through our lens, I do think that it it's very telling. It's a very nice, subtle scene. Um, they're both vibing to something that they like, um, you know. So that's what another brotherhood is. Brotherhood is kind of like similarities, kind of getting along over shared interests, right? Common ties or interests. So, uh, yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. And again, you know, just, uh, I love everything that y'all said, but just also being happy. You know, something I think I learned in college, and we're going to check this out too, um, but something I learned in college going through these art classes was the topic of black happiness, you know what I mean, the black joy, you know, like when it comes to the art pieces that we see, whether physical, media driven, it's usually about trauma, you know, it's usually about being in the hood, you know, get shot, slavery, you know what I mean, going through heartbreak, shit like that. But, you know, more often than not, it's pretty hard to find, you know, like some real black joy where it's just black people kicking it, you know, not bond, not trauma bonding like we talked about before, but doing just everything that humans enjoy doing and not being limited by the color of skin or their supposed experience. So, yes, uh, with Menace to Society, um, it is similar to Boys in the Hood to me, but of course not exact. It has its own different ways. We follow the story of Kane and his adventures, <laughs> misadventures through, uh, I think they're in California, and just the overall terror that comes with it. And, you know, all throughout the movie, uh, we look at Kane's influences, whether they be familial or with his brotherhood or even with the woman that he's seeing, and they're all telling him different things, whether it be follow God, stay here, bang with us some more, shoot people, drink, or, get the hell up out of here, right? So in this clip, we'll see uh, one of those. And I'm, I'm sure you won't be hard pressed to guess which one it is. <laughs> I feel sorry for your mother. what you say about my mama? You feel sorry for who? I don't want any trouble, just get out. What the fuck you say about my mama? I don't want any trouble, just get out. You talking shit. Every time I tell my cousin this motherfucker, you got something to say. Videotape. Give me the motherfucking video. Stop. Bring your. Give me the motherfucking videotape right now. Hey nigga, hey, clean the cash register. Come on. Shut up. Shut the fuck up with that noise. Hey, you gotta shut the fuck. I ain't playing. Hey, what the motherfucking tape at? What the fuck did you do, man? Yeah, perfect. That's all I wanted to show y'all. But what example of terrible brotherhood did y'all see in there? Obvious question.
I guess. Yeah, I mean, I didn't, I didn't really see your brother, to be honest. I mean, I, I, I've seen this movie a couple of times, so, like, I know their relationship. And, I mean, I, I, I will shoot, uh, I mean, I know they're fictional characters, but I will shoot that relationship some bail because, like, it's easy to look at a brotherhood, brotherhood in a vacuum and sense of, like, oh, our brotherhood is the one who has the best interest, tells you right from wrong, whatever. I, I will say, I do not think that uh, Lorenzo and Kane had, like, a. I think those are the two characters' names, Kane and Lorenzo, right? I don't think they had a brotherhood. I think they had, like, maybe, like, a friendship at best. But it was, like, they just knew like each you other. said, we, we talked about, like, titles earlier. And, like, when you just throw, like, throwing a brotherhood on something like that, that's not... I don't like it, it's more like they were put together because of their environment and they just seem close like mm. an environment where you'll be losing friends or whatever or it's like you know what I'm saying a lot of violence is prevalent it's hard it, it would make bonding easier but it's not necessarily like y'all are bonding as naturally or as I guess um symbiotically as like someone who didn't have to have all that like adverse environment trauma and stuff like that so like I don't I didn't see a brotherhood. However, it's easy for us to see like what a brotherhood should be in a vacuum when you don't factor in all the other uh, factors. Really, that's a great point. Yeah, no, I wouldn't consider that brotherhood at all. Thank you for sharing sharing that, Nadir. Yeah, I don't think I could have said any better. But the, the only thing I can really add is I will say Menace to Society was definitely probably my favorite top three not number one gangster movie just watching it and then spoiler to anybody who's gonna watch this to watch this video is the guy dies at the end and like you're just going through his whole mind of like everything leading up to his death and you watching him fall and he's thinking about everything he could have done and then he dies i was like oh man like and then even the beginning like to, to me i'm like this this is up there with some some mafia movies you know to, to me honestly like this is up there and then also the way that the director just, I would say for anybody who's watching this, y'all need to see Menace to Society and just seeing how society affects, and like Bashir was saying, affects who you're around, who you think is a friend, who you think is not a friend, who you think is your brother, but really isn't your brother, you know, and how people view you as, oh, these two people are friends, but you and that other person know y'all really ain't friends and how they group up people together. It's just, I guess like Bashir was saying, it's kind of a, a great example of people assuming friendships and brotherhoods when there's nothing like it, it at all there. Good, good, exactly, man. Nah, nah, I don't think I could have said it any better, man. Um, yeah, I just, I just give you all a fact, fun fact, real quick. I had seen as soon as I finished this movie, like maybe two months ago. You know, I realized that I had seen it when I was like three or four years old because I recognized the end scene where where they sprayed the house. You know what I mean? And Kane hopped on top of the kid. Like, it just opened up a memory for me. Like, yo, I remember this when I was just damn near a baby, you know? So, I mean, I definitely do agree with that. You know, the, and the crazy, craziest thing too, man, is that his brothers, they told him, yo, you need to leave California. You need to go somewhere else. Yeah, it's true the, brothers. Right. And the day that he died was the day he was packing and about to move. Yeah. Right? And, but something, I'll just, and I'll say this and we can move on, but something that I discovered this week was um, the process of, or the definition of, you know what I mean, a bad person, right? And everybody makes mistakes, everybody's looking for change, but I think you truly do become a bad person or a terrible person or a menace to society when you change too late, right? Mm. When you change too yeah. late. Kane was in the process of change 
The only issue was that he changed too late. If he had changed the day before, he would have been out of California still alive. If he had changed the week before, listen to everybody been telling him this since the start of the movie, but he just changed too late. Therefore, he had to accept his fate, you know, as we all do. So, I mean, that's something I just wanted to share with y'all. Mm. Yeah, that's mm. what real brotherhood is. So we don't got to change too late. So we're not in the midst of facing the consequences of our actions because God willing, we don't have to go through that in general because we got people around us saying, you need to do this. This is literally for your best interest. So you can move on after that. Mm. Mm. Uh, to that point, I'm not clip this in too, but when I dare talking about that ultimate sacrifice, right? And what being a brother is, he died protecting innocence, which was the boy, right? Innocence that was not his, that was not his kid. And that was his last kind of act. And yeah, I think that kind of, and I clipped that in, man, because that was, I remember, arguably might be sadder than Ricky. It just. It yeah, hurt. that was sad. That honestly so. almost made me I cry. Think so. like, like I think so. I, and I then, mean, we and knew Ricky, talk- but we didn't. Kane was essentially Ricky, the story yeah. of Ricky, you can argue, because mm. Ricky had a way out. I mean, Kane wasn't like D1 bound, but he was yeah. about to get out. Like, he was right. about to get out. So, like, men's society was essentially like if Ricky, if you had a story about Ricky, because, like, he was kind of, like, feeling that he's getting sick of his environment. Mm. He's literally, like, you know what I'm saying? You can see him changing the ways, like, you know what I'm saying? Playing with the kid, adjusting to life outside of his environment, and then he gets taken, you know what I'm saying? So... I, I think that's out of the Ricky, to be honest. That's that's yeah. uh that's fair. I I just but I, I think that that's a bigger thing about it. It's kind of his redemption, right? Like he goes to this movie kind of failing, and then like oh uh, you know I thought my clip to see when he robs the dude, like give me your car, and then he says that weren't at the that weren't at the drive through. <laughs> Finish your yeah. order, and he's robbing people for the Nissan truck, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's uh. Right, that balance, right? He's robbing people, but then he has this soft side, and um, he ultimately learns the brotherhood is unfortunately through death. It takes him literally oh, till yeah. his life flashes before his eyes to realize what he had done. And brotherhood is warning your brother, warn a brother, not nah. warn a brother before Miss. it's that time. Miss, <laughs> before it's that time, um, you know. <laughs> Inshallah, none of us will get to that point. We'll all pull each other away before we get to that point of, of that that martyrdom and that unfortunate kind of, you know, that, right? Because there's always the people we don't expect that die. It's yeah. never, you know, most of the time, man, especially in gang life, it's the bystanders, right? And so Kane knew that. So he said the kid cannot die. And he kind of was like, I, I haven't been who I should be. So at least the kid can grow up. And there's another subplot with him kind of, being the kid's father, but him kind of being like, I don't think I should be. Am I a good role model, right? Um, so him and MCA and all that. So I think that's another subplot with the whole thing is that brotherhood is a role model. Brotherhood is that sacrifice that Deer said, but it's also like, oh dog, was it gonna tell Kane like, yo, let's let's you? He's not, he he kept showing the video. Oh dog was like, yo yo, cool oh, cool yes. cool, bro. Yo, check this out. Look what happened. <laughs> huh? Like, it's not your highlight reel. This is a murder scene. Like, <laughs> it's a murder scene. Disgusting, right? Yeah. Man. Yeah. He's like, look at the way I popped that. Man, look. Look what I did in. <laughs> oh. Stupid shit, man. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. So, hey. so that, the great points all around. But that, that movie is, oof, it, it still hits 
to this day, to this day. So Facts. I want to, yeah, fact, yeah. So I want to get into, you know, the third act of this conversation and really, really think about where are these representations coming from, right? So we, we dealt with basically Black creators. So we got to think about where are these representations coming from? What do they say about society? And, you know, you guys as brothers got to talk about how accurate are these things, right? From the best of our knowledge, are we accurately reflecting a part of society, right? Because this isn't just, you know, we, we didn't go over like, the Pride and Prejudice or Vampire Diaries. So that's different types of relationships. But we're going over these kind of settings that are applicable. People in settings, right? Whether it be City of God, right? Or whether it be, um, I don't know, fucking Phineas and Ferb. There's different versions of brotherhood, right? And so, you know, beg the question. So for me, I think it comes from where you are and how you live. So our brotherhood is different than someone else's brotherhood in Crenshaw and, and um Oklahoma City in Las Vegas, right? Um, Christian Brotherhood is sometimes different. And Muslim Brotherhood, Jewish Brotherhood, Hindu, Hindu Brotherhood, right? Um, and I think it it says that uh society is is dark, and so movies reflect that dark, apathetic view of society. The huge brothers, they knew that story. They wrote that story. John Singleton, that was his story for the most part, right? Spike Lee, you know, writes about his story, school days, critiquing HBCU experience, you know? So, and the accuracy, I think the accuracy is really just about who you are. And sometimes it's subjective, sometimes it's subjective, right? Sometimes, you know, uh, all right, like I got a cousin like that or my mom did do that, like, Sheena Arnold is my mom. Everybody's Chris. That's my life. That dear argues that's his, right? So I guess kind of our lives. But sometimes it's like, all right, I like chicken, but there's no way I'm eating that joint at 10 a.m. every day. Like you see a movie with some black person eating chicken every day, right? That's a problem in and of itself. <laughs> but I just want to add to you, add to, the, add to your point as well. Right. Like imagine you know watching Minister Society and living in the sub- suburbia, you know, your entire life. And your perspective on that could be, well, that would never happen because that's never happened to me. Or, you know, getting stopped by the police, you know, you look at the scene in Boys Boys in the Hood, you know what I mean? Getting pulled over for racial profiling, you know what I mean? Be like, well, that's never happened to me. So I don't know how accurate that is. Or maybe that was only just in the 90s. It wouldn't happen in 2022. You know what I'm saying? So I like exactly what you said, man. It reflects your life, you know what I mean? And your perspective on it. You know what I mean? You're going to determine the validity of it subjectively automatically i guess what i can say is like looking back at it and like thinking about all the other instances of like brotherhood that i've seen in movies is i guess whenever i see movies say like menace to society or say like juice the scene that i like that you were describing is more of movies and directors kind of just warning you of like what to look out for mm. or like look like lessons i see it as lessons like i don't really see it as like misrepresenting or anything it's more of like hey here's what to look for here are examples that sure even though it may not be in suburbia even though you grew up in suburbia you might find one kid that resembles say like old boy in some way or form mm. you know and like whether it's like killing somebody but just doing, doing them doing something heinous you should be, you should cut them away and go to the brotherhoods that you should. Cause like in all those situations, there's always a group of people or somebody 
that's like, hey, we are your real brothers. We're the ones looking out for you. And then that person, that the character that you're following, choosing to follow these false brothers. You know, like I've, I, I can't really recall a movie where I've seen brotherhood, brotherhood in the wrong, like 100% in the wrong light. I think brotherhood as a whole is wrong. You know, I've never seen that, you know. Or even see like a group of brothers doing the wrong thing and then surviving. Actually, no, I have. I'm actually watching one movie called Eyes Wide Shut. And it's like mm-hmm. Stanley Kubrick's like last mm-hmm. film. And like, that's a form of like brotherhood, but it's like the evil version of brotherhood. That's like underneath everything, like them doing satanic rituals, them being, being all tied together through like, uh, like say an order, an oath that like, Hey, we keep our secrets to ourselves. Hey, we don't call anybody else out. Mm. Nobody's gonna, gonna go against you. Those are the only ways of brotherhood that I see actually going in like the wrong direction saying this brotherhood this type of brotherhood is, is is totally wrong. But I will say, I have seen negative sisterhood things, as in like they like say like sisters, sisters kind of doing their own thing, drinking, messing with any man they want, getting what they want. And at the end of the movie, they're still doing the same thing. <laughs> and then that's portrayed as like, there's nothing wrong with this. I've never seen like a male version of that, except as in like eyes wide shut, as in we obviously know this is wrong, you know? Yeah, that I think the mm. closest I could think of was like maybe was it think like a man too or whichever yeah. one Kevin Hart was on. But like no, but like, like, like yeah. <laughs> but like I said, that's not. I wouldn't even like a lot of examples. Like I haven't. I was when I was when Martha first like told me what we were talking about during this podcast. I was sitting and thinking like, what movie are they going to talk about? Because in my head, I can actually not think of an example of brotherhood. Because I have an actual brotherhood in real life. Like, I, there's nothing, there's no movie that is, like, well, it, it goes back to what Monta was saying, like, in terms of, like, how it relates to you. There hasn't been a movie that I see and I'm just actually thinking, oh, this is, like, me, like, this relates to me and my brotherhood. And any, like, not, I wouldn't say any level, but, like, I, I was really hard-pressed to find an example. Because in my head, I'm like, I have. If I'm looking for something like what a, a quote unquote what, whatever word I'm looking for, I'm always looking to my immediate community. To be honest, I'm not necessarily looking for it in art. I like, and that's just me. And I don't think there's nothing wrong with that. And I think that like it is important to have like proper representation in art when you're looking for like stuff like brotherhoods and stuff like that. But for certain people, essentially, those who don't have that in real life, for someone to ha- who has a brotherhood in real life them looking for or like them depending on a movie to depict brotherhood in a positive light means less to them it's still not impo- i'm not gonna say it's still not important but just for me it meant less to me to see brotherhood in movies because i got that in real life and that's just just i guess me being drawing the the good straw i guess in life you know what i'm saying so where i'm not i guess hard pressed to find a brotherhood or like have brothers to fall back on that's just me being fortunate but like I was like always just thinking like I to this day like I'm like movies that like I'm the th- closest thing I can think to a brotherhood is just like rush hour. But I would say that was just like a positive working relationship. Like I would say that's like my ideal like working relationship if I had a partner. You know what I'm saying? I wouldn't even necessarily consider that brotherhood. But but that is basically brotherhood. You can argue. But like that's just me. Like I was always like kind of like thinking like dang like what movie. And like I said, I can find more examples of brotherhood that, that shows like the downside of like a quote unquote not true brotherhood or like a brotherhood that has its pros and it has its cons. 
but like I couldn't really never I, I I never really found an example that I considered just like actual quote unquote brotherhood to be honest in in film. Man, ain't no wrong with that, man. Shoot, like you said, man. I mean, you're blessed to have a brotherhood, man. So, you know, to see that replicated in any form of media, man, would be intensely difficult, if not impossible. Yeah, I'm not mad at that, my brother. Thank, thank y'all for sharing. Shoot, okay. Melissa, what's up, man? Nah, man. Nah, hey, uh, speaking truth, word is bond. I think Bashir had a had a great point. You know, that I didn't. I never think about that. But yeah, I mean, I didn't have the the pleasure of living with my brother and getting to know him that much. I think Bashir has a new perspective on having a unique relationship with my dear and kind of like seeing stuff, but also being like, all right, that's a Hollywood movie. Like my life is my life. So, no, nah, man, that it's definitely interesting. Um, I feel like you know, with the like Mike clip, we kind of saw um the joyful kind of you know, perspective. So I feel like there are like two scales. And I think Hollywood has come a long way with complexity. So there's like a center thing where it's like, there isn't just one side of, I love my brother and I hate my brother. There's a middle, right? Hella Hard Water is a good example, right? They're doing crime together, but they have a good reason for that. And they have their differences, but they have to come together to save their family and save their home. Uh, you know, and then you can argue like with Ferris Bueller and Fight Club, it's like, well, Tyler Durden is, you know, spoiler, 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 spoiler. That is, that's so specific. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, and listen. Uh, you know, Tyler Durden's not real, right? But he's his he's uh he's uh Bruce Banner's brother. So that's that's essentially what that is. <laughs> he's Bruce Banner's kind of brother, his guiding light, which is telling him like all this consumerism is dumb. Like, why are you worried about all these expensive stuff? And then uh, Felix Bueller for the for the other friend represents the freedom. Like, yo, man, come on. I mean, yeah, you told them to skip school and all that, but it's all for the purpose of stop living like you have tomorrow. Go do what you got to do. So you have the existential brotherhood within oneself, the duality. You have the loving relationship. You have the hate relationship and the love hate, like Drew and Chris. Like when, when Chris caught Drew kissing Keisha, and then he slapped the black off of him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you're talking about everybody. He's just, just talking yeah. about your actual friends. I'm talking about Chris no, and Andrew. No, 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 <laughs> Everybody hates Chris. There we go. Everybody hates Chris, yes. I put that in. But that's, you know, but but Chris, um, but Drew's like, if I, Drew says, if I didn't know and I didn't kiss her. And Chris, um, Chris had to say Drew a lot of times. Like, you my, oh, and Chris. When Chris went all the way to what Coney Island for the Gretzky jersey to Gretzky, Ray Gretzky, the wrong one. Yeah. yeah Gretzky. Drew, Drew was like, I'm going. Chris is like, yo, I'm going. Right. When I dear wanted to get on the train, then went away from my mom. And but she yeah. had to go with him because that's what they told him. So it's like <laughs> or the classic example one. I didn't want to throw that rock. Yeah. And that dear made me throw that rock. That's everybody. That's a whole nother, <laughs> a whole nother story. But uh, just, no, I ain't want to, uh, you know. I was definitely the menace. I was definitely the menace. I was Bishop. I was definitely Bishop. Hey. Yeah, out of everybody, in the, I'm the Bishop. I'm Bishop. Hey, with a smile like that, I can tell. Yeah, man, that's persuasive. That's persuasive. Look, he, he came on. A, he came on a podcast with some cut off sleeves on his shirt. You know he don't care about you. Or himself. <laughs> 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 you know that. 
Means to an That's end. Okay. I heard you. That's, tough. That's funny. Oh god. Oh god. <laughs> um, we're gonna talk about the next week. And you guys are free to join anytime. Obviously, you want to come back mm-hmm. on. But um, Nadir was talking about earlier about looking out for you know your younger brother and kind of that sacrifice. It reminds me of that scene in Boys in the Hood where they're all kind of not on Slawson, but they're at, like the little meat. And they're all chilling. Yep. And do, do we have a problem here? Do we have a problem here? You know, that Doughboy and the mom hates Doughboy because she hates she hate his father. But Doughboy knows that he has to protect Ricky. Ricky's the star. Ricky's the dude. And I've seen Nadir do that for Bashir and Bashir vice versa. And we kind of all done that for each other. But we've all had that moment like, we got a problem here? And we up the gun, right? Doughboy is willing to go to jail. Come in a crime and protect his brother, which is that kind of sacrifice, that kind of pressure on your shoulder. Um, you know, that that feeling of like I do what I gotta do. And then you know, ultimately spoiler alert for a movie that's been out for over 30 years. Um, you know, you know, when Ricky dies, though boy. <laughs> right? Oh God. Oh, I'm sorry. Just just the most popular meme on the internet. Uh <laughs> when Ricky dies. And Doughboy shoots that guy in the, in the cold blood, you know, it's it's that retaliation, but it's that emptiness because we do eye for an eye. What kind of body do we have left? We keep doing that. So that that also speaks to that kind of just deeper meaning. But yeah, man, uh, you said what? No, that was a good one. I like that. No, if it's eye for an eye, man, what else are we going to have left after that? Because that shit is, you know, I mean, revenge is endless, you know. And again, looping it back to brotherhood, you're not going to be in that situation in the first place. You're not going to egg that on or accentuate it. You know, you're going to be thinking about the best possible option, right? So, I mean, just stuff to keep in mind. You're all making great points. All these. All these over here. <laughs> I'm dead. But, um, all righty. We have reached the last stop on the conversation train. Well, Lottie, would you recap the convo for us? Yes, sir, I can. <clears throat> yep. So today we talked about brotherhood within media, you know, I mean, pop culture. We also had two actual brothers on the call today, you know, and their experiences with it, um, you know, protecting each other, defending each other, what their life looks like, you know, with blood brotherhood and non blood brotherhood, right? We went through some amazing movies today, which we all recommend that you watch and discussing the brotherhood and lack of, and honestly, just disgusting violence that can go on you know if these things go unchecked within it and last but not least we also talked about its representation in society and where that's coming from you know at the end of the day it is perspective it's subjective and objective at the same time it's happening all around you but we can look at these movies as allegories you know not only for the life of the world but our own lives and do you know an old dog do you know a calvin do you know a bishop in your life or are you bishop well we're all just paying attention to those things and really moving forward in peace love and prosperity in our brotherhood relationships so that's that's what we're on um but yeah and uh you know what moms you want you want you want to tell them what to stay tuned for for next week uh i was like just uh before we go out but share an idea you got any words anything you want to tell the audience anything about where to find y'all stuff like that um feel free to do so before we click out 
Yeah, I just want to say thank you, Monta and Walati, for having me on the podcast. I appreciate it. Appreciate the topic. Very topical. Hence, two brothers and non-brotherhoods and stuff like that. I appreciate that. Um, where the people can't find me, they can't. Um, I don't got no social media. Uh, I'll see y'all when I see y'all. Um, maybe I might be back on the pod, you know what I'm saying? Um, hopefully, they'll laugh me back on, you know what I'm saying? Inshallah. But other than that, y- y'all just going to have to wait around to see me or just catch me in real life. I don't know, to be honest. Dang. Well, yes, thank you, Monson Wolati, for having me on the podcast as well. And, yeah, I guess I don't have anything they can communicate with me right now. But I do plan on making a like a YouTube channel. And it'll be called Axiom, A-X-I-O-M, soon. Hopefully, I'm in the podcast again. And hopefully, by that time, I'll have a YouTube up so they can, you know, interact, communicate with me. But, yeah, thank you. Thank you for being here. All right. Of course, man. Yeah, y'all welcome back anytime. Y'all know that, man. You know, we Is it like every Wednesday at 3? Um, we do. We record Mondays and Wednesdays at 3, yeah. Okay. So just feel free to let me know, and um, we can hop on regardless. Uh, so, yeah, um, Waladi and I, uh, we import y'all to pay close attention to how Brotherhood is portrayed in media and uh, what kind of messages that the media you're watching is sending you. But, yeah, so stay tuned for the next episode of Menstruction. We'll be going in-depth into the portrayal of Brotherhood in John Singleton's 1991 directorial debut, the film that arguably started the urban genre that um, – fulfilled the 90s with uh, memorable films, Boys in the Hood, starring Ice Cube, Morris Chestnut, and Cuba Gooding Jr., along with Angela Bassett, Lawrence Fisher, and many others. Uh, Waladi, will you close this out, please? Yeah, real quick. That's how you know that's his favorite movie. That is not what the script said. My boy, the script said, yeah, stay tuned for Boys in the Hood next week. (laughs) (laughs) That's how you know that's his favorite movie. I thought you were reading off the paper, too. Yeah. <laughs> 99% of that Man. was love for that movie. <laughs> That's standard. Anytime someone mentions Boys in the Hood, he just goes into that. That's just standard. Yeah. Like, he hears the word and it just goes. Like, I yeah. love it. I yeah. love it. Man, that's what we need on here. <laughs> hey, listen. Listen, everybody. This has been another episode of Man Structure. The place where the men of today build the structures for the men of tomorrow. I love each and every one of you. Peace.